Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is John from Tag Team Fitness out of Hanson, Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, John. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm excited to dive into the business and how you run everything. Um, But before we get into that, first, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the studio in the first place. Uh, Well, uh, I kind of had a career change in 2016, and I started my fitness business as an in-home trainer. So I spent about a year and a half doing that, and then I started freelancing out of some local gyms to sort of learn how to run my own space. And then December 2019, I opened my first space, and I haven't looked back. Love that. <laughs> so you you really started from in-home training to freelance to owning your own business. Love yeah. that progression. What were you doing before all of that, before fitness? I was a full-time touring musician for most of my adult life. Amazing. That's super cool. Okay. So what made you get into fitness? What, why the, why the change? Uh, you know, the, the simple answer is I became a dad. So, um, you know, one thing about being a touring musician is you're never home. And when I decided that, you know, when my wife and I decided, okay, it's time to have kids, I didn't want to be a Skype dad. So um, as soon as my daughter got old enough to realize I was leaving, I stopped leaving. And I had to sort of pivot my career and figure out a new path. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciate that so much that that you're around now. Um, But tell us a little bit about Tag Team Fitness. What services do you offer? How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before? We are not a gym. We are a boutique fitness house. Um, We're a studio. We're personal training and run coaching and nutrition. And uh, we have a yoga program. We do, um, I'm also a massage therapist. So we do recovery work and sports therapy. Uh, We also do Thai body work. So we have a lot of different ways from the first stretch through the recovery that we can help people. Awesome. I love that. Um, that brings me to my next question. How many members do you have at the gym or at the studio? Um, we don't really have members at all, okay. you know, because we, we're not a membership gym. We don't have like a monthly membership. Everybody is a pay as you, not pay as you go. There's like monthly packages that, that kind of encompass training and recovery or multi-packs and stuff. But we probably see about 50 people a week through the door between everything. Okay. Awesome. And then where and when you, you think that everything's one-on-one for the most part, 50 people a week is a, a pretty, pretty good number to be pushing through the yeah, board. Definitely. Absolutely. How did you bring those 50 people per week in? What was your strategy to uh, get people to be aware of the, the studio and, and come through the door? So here's, here's, the, I live in, a, we live in a small town. We, the, the business is in a small town on the South shore of Boston and Massachusetts. So it's a very tight community as far as people talking. Um, The one model that, you know, I kind of am proud of is that I've never advertised, not once. Um, Like we do, you know, posts on the town pages locally and all that stuff in all surrounding towns. But our entire business model since I opened has been organic. All of my clients literally have come from other clients or through word of mouth from people who knew me through music um, you know, recommendations from friends. I have never gone and run one Google ad, one Facebook ad, one Instagram ad. It's all been an incredibly organic build that has brought the business to where it is. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's definitely unique to have hundred percent organic word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
gonna ask. Is it just you or is there another trainer there as well? Uh, we have another trainer. Uh, her name is Heather Morgan. Uh, she's a personal trainer as well as our yoga instructor. And she's also certified in Thai body work as well. So um, it's a nice uh, cross-section because we're both trainers. Um, we're both Thai body workers. But then where I veer off into the massage therapy side, she veers off into the yoga side. So we kind of have a nice middle ground that we both can cover. And then we have our specialties that, that we both do. Gotcha. So is that 50 clients a week between the both of you or the 50 just your clients? It's between the both of us, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. Um, and then how do people... Like, let's say I moved to Hanson, Massachusetts. How would I know that you're there? How do you get the word out that way? Hanson is a small town. When I say small, there's about ten or 12,000 people who live here. There's one plaza in town. One. One shopping plaza. It's got the Shaw's in it, the Dollar Tree, and us. So we're in, you know, there's a couple other small businesses in there as well, but we're in the only place in town that people really go. So that's a big kind of, uh, a big positive to have your location be, at the only plaza in town. <laughs> Definitely, everyone knows about you. <laughs> yeah. um, so about 50 clients per week, how much more do you think you could handle between the two of you? If if we filled up every single class, every single yoga class, we could, we could probably add another 30 to 50, you know, but that, that would be running completely 100% at full tilt, you know, and that's, that's mostly the classes where we're not, not totally full yet. We've seen some ebb and flow in the classes, but on our personal training side, which is more what we're known for, we're as full as we can probably handle. Okay, gotcha. So one-on-ones, doing great, totally full classes, have a little bit of room to Massage grow. therapy has been amazingly, you know, has been almost busier than training at some points throughout the year. Interesting. So, okay, I'm, I'm curious, how do you get, you know, a client that maybe came in for rehab or massage therapy or something, how do you get them to convert to, to fitness clients as well? Conversation. Um, yeah. You know, I like to think that all the years of being a musician and being on stage taught me how to really be, you know, um, interactive with people. Mm-hmm. And I carry that stage sort of mentality into when I deal with my clients. You know, it's while it's not a stage in front of a, a you know, a big crowd of people, it's still me having to be at my best every single day mm-hmm. to convince somebody, you know, of, of, of what our other services might be able to help them with. Mm-hmm. you know so that's a lot of conversation if I get somebody who comes in as a therapy client but they're not a training client so say a, a training client has a friend who has carpal tunnel or a shoulder problem or a bad knee or you know sports related stuff and sends them to me gets them to come in just through conversation about all the other stuff we do you know we we've had a conversion of people who come in back in for another service gotcha okay so conversion's good how about retention how do you keep members long term once they're already bought in they love your services how do you how do you keep them long term as a client um being very personal very personable and personal with our clients i think i said it to you when we were chatting before you know we know all of our clients it's not a bunch of people walking through the door and we're not you know nobody knows who they are we know them their kids their weekend plans everything that goes on for their holidays, their family, like we know our clients. So the retention, like we have a lot of like year and a half, almost two year clients as, as you know, because, because of the fact that we're personal. And honestly, I like to think we do a good job. You know, as, as a trainer, I'm a little different than your standard personal trainer because I'm also 
a massage therapist. So I think a little outside of the box from what a regular personal trainer might think. Yeah. Um, I'm an anatomy, physiology, and kinesiology junkie. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly learning new things and new ways to, to work clients. If they've got a specific goal, we go after it. I've done everything from student athletes, from every sport you can think of, to late 40s moms getting off the couch who want to do a fitness and bikini competition for the first time because their kids are old enough for them to get back to being who they are. Yeah. You know, to I have a client who's down, you know, 75 pounds in weight just because he decided it was time to to start to get in shape and, and be healthy. There's really nothing we don't handle and we're always striving to get better at what we do. Um, you know, I've always said just be good at what you do and the rest will handle itself kind of yeah. thing. That's always been my philosophy. Don't half-ass it. Be the best you can be every day for your clients and the rest will just sort of work. Definitely. I totally agree. Um, I know we talked a lot about your passion for really helping people. You're super personable with everybody. Um, and so I know it's a passion of yours to like help as many pe- people as possible. Um, what's your strategy for targeting people who maybe aren't affiliated with anyone in the gym currently? Like, were, are you interested in, you know, branching out to social media, advertising in the future? Is that something that you're open to? We, we're not, not open to it. We just haven't had the need for it. Um, every week, um, I, we post on every single social page around our area. So every surrounding town within about 10 miles, we were members of all of the, the town pages. So we post on all the town pages with our weekly schedules and the yoga schedule and the massage openings and, and everything else that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as running ads, we haven't really, like I said earlier, we haven't really had the need because, you know, when you're, when you're already at the gym for 13 hours a day, with clients, you know, there becomes a point where you're like, okay, um, uh, you know, I need a little, a little downtime, you know, you do need for us, we do need our downtime, we do need our, our training time and our healthy time. So, you know, we're, we're not against it, if it comes to the point where we don't see more organic growth. Mm-hmm. But to this point, even this year, we're up, you know, 30% over last year's appointment count. Great. So we saw a nice growth this year, just organically again. So I guess, you know, until I see the organic growth slowing down, I'm not really going to look to do any paid advertising, so to speak. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what are your big picture goals? Maybe like three to five years from now, where do you see the gym? Would you like to step back from training a little bit? Let it run itself more? Do you want to stay really in the business? Like where do you see yourself in the business a few years from now? I won't step back. And let the business run itself because I, I'm not a man. I don't want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a manager of a place. I, I'm a personal trainer and a massage therapist. My job is to be hands-on. Mm-hmm. That's always been my job. And, and I, you know, Heather and I are very, we care about people. We're not, I, we, we mentioned before we got on the show that, you know, I have friends who have apps and they're so excited that they've got like 800 people in their app. Great. I would never want that because I can't, keep 800 people healthy. I don't know who they are, you know? So we're very hands-on. So now that, that being said, um, the space that we're in, in the plaza, there's space that's not rented yet right next door to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to negotiate with the owners to rent part of that so that we can double our space and grow into more of a wellness center where I might bring in another massage therapist or a chiropractor or uh, a mental health specialist 
you know, and turn us more from just a personal training and massage space into a wellness center. That would kind of be my ultimate goal is to grow our space to a, a bigger area. And thankfully, it, there's, like I said, there's a spot right next door that we're trying to negotiate out. Yeah, that's really exciting. That would be perfect if you could, you know, a lot of times people want a bigger space, but they have to move like across town and then right. half the members are upset about it. So yeah, that we would be literally perfect. have to knock a hole in the wall if they let us. That's great. What needs to happen? Um, in order for that to become a reality within the so space next door is 10,000 square feet, far bigger than I would be able to afford and manage. But apparently they've got some people looking at it to parcel it out to where there would be like 2000 square feet left after the other business took it. We would, we would keep our space and take over that other bunch of space as well. And that would two and a half to triple our size that we are now. And it would give me, the ability to add on, you know, more options that, than we have at the moment. Yeah. So that's when I'm, I'm wondering, how would you fill those options? Is that when you might start considering, you know, marketing? And, and yes. Yeah. Them? At that point, we would probably consider marketing, you know, and then if I added to the staff, if I brought on another massage yeah. therapist, it would be who them to be bringing in clients as well. If I brought in say a chiropractor, that's a very symbiotic, I think, relationship to what we do. If you have chiropractic along with body work, along with strength training, along with yoga, that would be very symbiotic. And that could definitely add to the number of people coming through the door. Definitely. Yeah. That's a great idea. Would you rent space to them? Is that how you would make money or would you, you know, probably, probably something of that nature. I would have to work it out and see how the whole, um, the whole business model would work if we stepped up to something like that, whether it would be, you know, everybody works under my umbrella and it's a percentage kind of deal, or if they're just paying me a, you know, a flat raise. I don't know. I would, that would be a down the road thought process to kind of figure out how that would work. Definitely. I like to get people thinking, pick their brains. So I, I like to ask questions that you probably don't have the answer to right away, but yeah, it's both thinking. <laughs> um, okay. So, so we're getting a delivery and the dog's letting me know about it. <laughs> They're the best at that, little guard dogs. <laughs> um, okay, so as far as, you know, big picture, you'd like to expand, you'd like to add a few more services. Um, yeah. You as a business owner, how do you stay organized? You mentioned you're a dad, you're, you know, running a business, you're training. How many hats do you wear? What do you, all do you have to do for the business? Day -to -day? I wear all the hats. <laughs> all, yeah. um, I'll tell you the truth. So, you know, uh, going back to it, being a musician for as many years as I was and running a career in that aspect taught me how to multitask really well. Because in that, I was the musician and I was the booking agent and I was the manager and I was the press agent. I mean, I hired people along the way to do a lot of that stuff along with me. But I was always wearing those hats. It's not much different in this world for me. I'm the trainer, I'm the massage therapist, I'm the Thai body worker. I am responsible for the social media and the website updates and um, getting new people in the door and keeping the word out there and attending events. We sponsored a bunch of stuff around the town this year. Like uh, uh, we sponsored a baseball team and we sponsored some PTO events and things like that to keep our name in front of people. Um, you know, instead of an advertising budget, I took what I considered the advertising budget and sponsored a baseball team, a little league team, wow. and sponsored the polar plunge for the PTO, and sponsored uh, the Pee Wee football a day at the Pee Wee football field. Like, mm -hmm. so we we took our advertising dollars and used it in an organic way with the community. Um, my job is never ending. You know, I, I 
I'm just, you know, I have really good software that I use for booking that's very easy and integrate integrative with um our our POS system. Um, you know, so I, I put together a system that is actually kind of very easy to manage our booking system, our POS system, everything is integrated through the same companies. Um so while there's a lot to do, I've kind of got it streamlined. It doesn't take me like a million hours a day. Good. Yeah. Do you think it's like replicatable or will be oh, easy yeah. to grow with you as, as absolutely good. Absolutely. The system I have now could grow to whatever size we needed it. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's so important. Just having like systems in place that way, you know, yeah. when you get to the point where it's bigger, you don't have to rethink everything. You're, you've got something that, you know, is working. So I think yes. that's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell me something that you wish you would have known back before you started the gym in 2019. What would be your biggest piece of advice to someone who's looking to start their own facility? Um, hmm, wow. I mean, I wish I knew COVID was coming <laughs> because <laughs> I opened it three months later, I got closed, but I didn't have a choice in it. Um, but I'm super happy of the timing, to be honest with you. I opened in December of 2019. Had I waited three months, number one, I wouldn't have been able to open. And number two, the cost of opening, the cost of gear, the cost of everything that's in my gym has doubled and tripled. That's true. Yeah. So what I paid, say, like my dumbbell rack that I got for like eight or 900 bucks, it's now like 1800 bucks. Yeah. So I'm almost <laughs> lucky that I opened when I did. Um, if I had a piece of advice for somebody, be, be genuine. Be and I know it sounds that sounds cliche, but be be genuine and be the best you can be for your clients. Um, it's one thing when I was in massage school, they said, "Oh, you're a you're a male massage therapist. You're going to struggle to get clients. Just be good at what you do. Clients yeah. will talk about it. That's you know, true. no matter what you're doing as a trainer, as as nutrition, be good at what you do. Really study your craft. It's not something you should be phoning in. So if I had a piece of advice for somebody who wants to start their own business, be really just be the best you can be every day. And if you don't know it, learn it and never stop learning. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that so much. There's always something to learn, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's always things we could be learning, doing better, learning yep. from someone else. Um, absolutely. One of my goals this year, I set aside a minimum of 30 minutes a day to study. What are you studying? So, um, you know, all year it was different stuff. So I, I made that decision that the very beginning of last year, it was, the, it was of this year, it was the, one of my goals. So we open at 7.30 in the morning. I'm in the gym at 6.45. I get everything prepped and ready. Seven o'clock, I sit down and I study. I have gotten five new certifications this year. Um, I've learned, I'll just go on YouTube and be like, I want to learn about blank. And I will look up videos and learn. Could be something to do with lifting. Could be something to do with massage therapy. Could be anatomy or physiology or, but something. Every single day, I'm using my brain a minimum of 30 minutes in, in a way that I'm trying to make myself a better product for my clients, you know? Mm -hmm. I hate to say that we're widgets, but we are. You know, why should somebody choose me over another trainer? I have to be a better widget. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to be better at what I do than somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, one way to do that is you never stop learning. That's awesome. That's a good takeaway for everyone. Just 30 minutes a day and you've managed to get five new certifications. Learn, yeah, you're, that's all it takes. It's just 
being disciplined and, and really setting that time aside for yourself. There's a lot of websites out there that have courses, right? Mm-hmm. And some of them are like two hours, four hours, six hours, eight, 10 hours, whatever, whatever it is. But say you want to take three courses and they're all 10 hours. That's 30 hours. I don't have 30 hours. No, you don't, but you got 30 minutes. So it takes you a while to get through those 30 hours. You still get it done in in, in a mentally nice portion, you know? Yeah. Slow progress is progress. I think a lot of time we want things instantly and that's not how our brains work or the world. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, John, for everything that you shared with us today. Um, I think this is a good place to start to wrap things up. But before we do, where can we find you? What is your website, social media? Uh, yes, uh, the website is tagteamfitness.com. Um, and all of the social media is tag team fitness. So it's facebook.com slash tag team fitness. Um, I actually think on Instagram is tag team fitness rocks because somebody had tag team fitness already. Um, and we don't use Twitter for no, uh, no real reason, except that we just, you know, because we're more mom and pop, we just haven't grown into Twitter, but our Instagram and our Facebook is pretty busy. So. Perfect. Yes. Love that. Okay. Tagteamfitness.com. Find them on Instagram, Tag Team Fitness Rocks. Um, thank you so much, John, for your time today. I cannot wait to see what you all accomplished on the road and how you expand. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us today, we have Danielle and Brian Kermizian of The Compound coming to us from New Jersey. Guys, what's going on? How are you today? Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks, Joe. I'm excited to to dig into this. We got the chance to to chop it up and kind of get some background info on the compound before starting our conversation. But for people listening, guys, context is key here. Tell us a little bit about the compound so we know what we're getting into before that conversation starts. When you guys elevator pitch or, or when you give a quick description of the compound, what do you tell people? So I think the best way to describe it is almost kind of like what it is. The compound is a couple different things in one space, but, you know, really we're a training studio, um, which obviously encompasses personal training group fitness, but training studio, a coffee bar and a community. It's a really kind of original space that houses all these things in one, but, you know, fitness, wellness coffee hanging out it's it's a, just a truly unique spot but that would probably be the best way to to describe it yeah not, not just yeah. a place where people come in and leave we, we encourage people to come in work out get something from the coffee bar shake whatever and and kind of hang out and get to know everybody coffee bar yeah first and foremost training studio coffee bar community that's kind of what we are we've got quite a rundown of 
of services there so far. Tell us a little bit about uh, the origins of this, guys. First and foremost, when did this whole thing get started? So, um, I mean, I, I, so I've been in the fitness industry for 25 plus years, um, had my own uh, studio up until really the beginning of COVID. Um, so probably over 12 years on my own. And I met Danielle uh, during that time. And uh, we basically were fortunate enough to have a lease month to month when COVID hit. At the time, we were already into looking for a bigger space and trying to expand. Danielle is the business side of, of this venture. And uh, what? No, I was, was going to say, yeah, we were, I saw his face and said, this is great, but like you could, you know, you should take this to the next, let's do more here. And that's kind of where we started like searching for a different, you know, he had a great big, you know, well, I wouldn't say big, it was small you know, personal training studio where he and, and some of his trainers, they worked out with clients one-on-one, -on -one. they did occasional classes, but it was all kind of one, one room, one space. And I just, I was, we, we essentially maxed out the space and for what we were going to do. And, and I not, said, you no, needed, it was no longer growing. Yeah. I said, you gotta, we, you know, you gotta, let's step it up here. Let's find a big, he said, oh, I've been looking for space for a while for a larger space. And I said, I was kind of the one that like kicked it into full gear. Let's go find something. Let's look for something. Let's yeah. expand do a the little more muse, yes. if you will exactly so we and so we have inspiration and we decided to to take this and, and the evolution happened to now be the compound is the brand that we're operating under yes right. look back and, and be a little philosophical here with me for a moment guys now that we have a couple of years at least with this specific business under our belt What's been your favorite part about operating this business? And what's been the most challenging part about operating this business? I mean, I would say that the most rewarding is, is the feedback we get from clients, customers. Um, you know, like I, like she said, you know, we wanted to create a place of community, um, not just a gym, not just a coffee shop, whatever. Um, but people really say how much they enjoy coming there, not just for the workouts, but just, just to be there and, and feel the energy of the space. And, and that's, that's the most rewarding, I think by far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and one of the, you know, one of the more challenging things was, is, you know, from starting this to where we are now, the growth has become so rapid that, you know, you, you have to really, you have to really take a step back with like, wow, we're open seven days a week. We have multiple trainers classes. We have, you know, a coffee bar that's open seven days a week with staff. And we've got such a huge, we're so lucky and grateful to have such a great client base from the coffee bar to the gym, all encompassed into one space, but it just, it creates an enormous amount of pressure because we have to, you know, we have to, keep, yeah, you have to keep up with, with the, the expenses of running a place. And obviously most people are not oblivious to the economy and what's going on with the, you know, increasing costs and supply and demand and the inflation, it's just out of control. So, I mean, that's for any small business, that's a huge challenge. And, and with growth comes, you know, a lot. And, and there's a, there's a huge emphasis on trying to stay afloat with, with, you know, keeping up with all that stuff that's going on, obviously in the economy, and even just keeping up with the success of, of growing, you know, like the demand. Yeah. And finding, I think people and outside of the industry have a tough time 
wrapping their brain. A lot of the time we just do some back of the napkin math. If I have a hundred members paying $200 a month, I'm going to make all of the money in the world, but it does not play out that way. No, Is that correct? Not at all. Uh, yeah. You know, you, right. You forget to factor in cable bill, uh, like <laughs> all that staff, all that staff costs, security, right. build out payroll. Yeah. Build you out, payroll. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. never ending list of, of expenses. And sometimes, hopefully, at least that we're bringing in more money than we're sending out. At least that's the goal here. And I, I pretty much did exactly what you said, Joe, when I first opened was kind of wrote it on a napkin. I'm like I'm working for somebody. I can be making this on my own. So I'm going on my own. And that was my business. Yeah. Plan. But now yeah. uh, we, we now with some it, hindsight, we, at least we, we can evaluate. Yeah, we, yeah, I think with legit, like becoming an actual like real space and and the the foot traffic and everything that we have, it's like we really have to. Wow, you know, before it's just like oh, you just train the clients, we can work on our own time, but now it's like we're like I said, we're open seven days a week. We have staff, we have payroll, we have full time accountant. Yeah, clients, <laughs> you know, full time. You know, it's it's a lot. Yeah. So, guys, I wanna I wanna explore how this happened to get to this point because a lot of people tune into our show to find new ideas for for marketing new ideas for sales how can we emulate other people's businesses and ideas for you guys so far at least going from the business that we had into what is now operating as the compound talk to me about the marketing component of this what's worked and what hasn't worked in terms of trying to get new people in Hmm. that's more you're that's like, I mean I, for, for years I've always stuck to like what's worked for me and and it's it's having a relationship with the clients um you know letting them in somewhat to, to my personal life and, and getting referrals I mean that's that's been my business up until I met Danielle and then we've we've tried a bunch of different things in order to have the business grow yeah i mean some things work some things didn't yeah i mean listen it's just it's i when i met brian and he had this training space and he was his own business so you know he's incredible at what he does you know i, I learned over the years of knowing him that from knowledge to professionalism to just the way that he operates and the admiration he has from his clients and his he really is his knowledge and his background is surpasses kind of any anyone I've seen in this industry. He's amazing at what he does. You're welcome. Um, but you know, you, you can only go so far with that. And and I'm I'm the business person and you know I always love health and wellness, but I'm not, I wasn't, you know, a personal trainer. I did was very big into like the the group fitness. Um I was instructor at Flywheel and in, in the city. And I love, you know, I'm certified yoga. It's always been a passion of mine, but what also was a passion of mine truly was going to fitness studios for years. I was loyal to some for, you know, up to five years. I would go to certain places, the yoga studio I go to now, and I teach yoga at the compound, but I've been going to a yoga studio now for over 10 years. I've also gone to probably 30 other ones in between that. I think going to see other studios and, and get inspiration on what people are doing, was just my background was like, why not 
see what you can do, Brian, with your business, instead of just training clients in one room and, and it's all you, you know, this is the way to expand. And I just, my knowledge is, is I'm a business major and all that stuff. So the marketing side is, is kind of there, but I was like, we have to create something unique. And I think, you know, you can go to a bunch of studios and get ideas and be inspired, but you have to create something. I think that's a little more original to you and your brand, as opposed to just being like everyone else that's out there, you know, I think that's sure. really important. And so, oh, yeah, first things first, we need a product worth marketing, right? We exactly. need to have something that is, that is important for us and to spread the word about. Something sustainable too, not just the, not just the fad. Certainly. Yeah. Brian, you mentioned that a lot of this has flowed through word of mouth, reputation-based or referral, whatever header we're going to put that under, which is great. I mean, obviously every sort of business in this industry wants as many of those leads as we can get, those are right. tremendous leads. Um, from a from an advertising standpoint, have you guys ever put any kind of money into formally marketing this, or has it been somewhat off the cuff? So you know, with the with the with just opening the compound, um, you know, obviously Brian with clients, Brian can sustain his own business with clients he's had for you know better two decades some of them and you know referrals and everything but once you become a business that you start offering you know it's way more than just him on doing his one-on-ones we are now offering classes and we have a retail area and this is prior to the coffee shop and we have you know smoothies and little things like that just in the regular business of the compound it's like we have to get people in the door here so I don't necessarily believe in dumping a lot of money as a small startup into advertising but we definitely dabbled in the the facebook um you know and instagram boosts and posts like that and then we definitely work with the local you know all the local little magazines or the bloggers and the people that are around and we try and you know work with them on getting sort of promotions that might not always be monetary like commitment of 500 dollars a month for an ad but more like we're going to post the story. We have 5,000 followers and then we do some sort of promotion with them. They bring it, you know, send clients here for a class. They get, you know, a free 10 pack of classes and certain, certain ways like that to not necessarily barter, but not dump too much. And, you know, we kind of keep it local. We don't do crazy marketing and advertising and we've truly become so grateful for social media, just word of mouth and social media, people seeing us through Instagram and, TikTok and all that stuff has brought a lot of people into the compound. You brought up a really, really important point here. And, and it piggybacks on one of the first things we talked about in that there's no shortage of expenses in a business like this. We don't have tens of thousands of dollars to blindly throw at a marketing ambition. We're not Pepsi. We're not Apple. We're not Coke. Right. Right. We need to be far more strategic Yep. with whatever dollars are going out, right? Social media can be a huge part of that, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, whatever the platform of choice, but we really need to know what we're doing or that could just as easily be a money vacuum with money going out and no real return coming back in, right? I yeah. think our industry is super, super hesitant and a lot of the time for good reason because we just don't know what we're doing, <laughs> Yeah. on these platforms as often as as we would like to admit yeah uh, which is fine but it's it's important for us to at least establish that in our mind and so 
have we dabbled in it in small batches it sounds like have we found some local outlets as well sure take us to the next step here guys somebody reaches out they're interested in the gym in whatever capacity walk me through what a sales process would look like who are they speaking with what is that conversation about and at the end of the day what are they actually signing up for so we get a lot of inquiries through email and even through the coffee shop you know people that come in as customers you know just of like the compound coffee co which is obviously another part of our business which which has been probably the biggest influence on our gym business. Well, um, yeah, but you know, because of foot traffic. Oh, right. But for the people that you know, prior to opening the coffee shop, we were successful in this regard before we got the foot traffic from the business and speaking to, you know, other gym owners or or prospective gym owners that might be listening that don't have a coffee shop, which <laughs> most gyms don't have a coffee shop. <laughs> I want to preface that somewhat the that, exception here. Yeah, yes. but taking that aside, we do get a lot of inquiries, you know, even just through the gym social media or the just the the email prior, even prior to the coffee shop. People, hey, we're interested in in uh, your learning more about your personal training or your small group classes. I'm a little neurotic in terms of how customers and clients or potential clients are handled, so I generally take you know, control of the emails. And I think that's important. Um, Brian is lucky if he can respond to my text messages during the day because he's so busy with clients and he also has to yeah. text and email with his clients about scheduling. So if you, you, you either have one person in your partnership with whoever, you know, there's always somebody that's the one that's handling all the emails and all that stuff. And that's definitely obviously me. We have a manager that works for us. That's amazing. Um, when it comes to the gym side, I she's very knowledgeable and she'll just say, oh, if you're interested in personal training or whatever, I'll give you Danny's info. And the, the the sales process is I think it's important to point out it's you get somebody interested, someone has to respond quickly. Otherwise, unless they're there for a specific person to see me, if they're just calling blindly, it's important to get in front of somebody and She's very good at, at we try at not to take, to you know, sometimes like I will say like two days or three days have gone by where I haven't responded to to uh, an inquiry. And I, I do feel bad about that because I try to be as responsive as I can. But things are, you know, we're busy. Things are crazy. But I always try and get a little information. Um, sometimes clients will potential clients will give you background, which is so incredibly helpful. Hi, my name is Betty. You know, I'm 65 years old. I'm an avid runner, but I have a former injury. I haven't lifted weights in forever. When they do that, it's just, thank God, you know, thank you for the, oh, but then a lot of the, the emails, you know, that people will get, or I'm interested in learning more about your personal training. Then my process always is, you know, love to get a little more information about you. Thanks so much for reaching out to the compound. Um, I would love to know, are you interested in, in just one-on-one -on -one training? You, you know, some people like to do, try and get a small group. Um, are you, you know, looking to come in for half hours that we offer half hour sessions and 60 minute sessions, how frequently, you know, do you have a plan as to when you would like to come in? Cause it's hard to just say, you know, I think you kind of have to converse with them through email or over the phone, obviously, with a little bit as opposed to just saying 30 minute sessions are X amount of dollars, 60 minute sessions are X amount of dollars. Let me know your availability and I'll, you know, you have to personalize it a little, find out a little more about you. Are you interested? And then they nine out of 10 times they respond with, oh, I am so-and-so I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, just had my third child. I'm looking to get back into shape. 
ideally I would like early mornings, but, you know, looking to do two or three times a week, I'm flexible. And then that, at that point is when I would try and match them with, you know, somebody that has avail that kind of availability and time with one of our trainers, you know, and yeah. then I delve into, you know, you have to delve into your pricing options as well. Um, just so that you're not wasting anyone's time, you know, generally our 60 minute sessions are this much. We have a little bit of a discount. If you buy a 10, you know, 10 packs uh, of training sessions, you know, we offer 30 minutes if you'd like to start there um, and, and let me know and I can get you, you know, started with someone hopefully soon. And, you know, the follow through okay. is, is always important. Um, sometimes you don't hear, you know, they don't respond after or they respond at a later time. I think it's important to go back sometimes and reach out. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got so crazy. Yes, I would love to get in. Sometimes they just are busy with their own, you know, lives yeah. that they forget and people put their personal needs aside all the time. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, uh, I would say probably close to eight out of 10 times we, we get a new inquiry. They end up coming in, which is awesome. Yeah. And I want to inject another thought here and Brian sort of alluded to it. First and foremost, we get anybody reaching out, like we need to get in touch with them. A lot of the time in fitness, we have this, I don't know if it's an ego challenge or what, but we believe our training is better than everybody else in town. And it may be, but in the uninformed client's mind, they don't know. It right. isn't. This is a personal trainer, and I just happened to find him. And I probably reached out to a handful of other trainers too. For a successful business, we need to get in touch with that person. And like you said, Danielle, we need to dig a little bit. We need to find out why, right? We need some further information. A lot of that flows through email. You mentioned sometimes it happens over the phone. Mm -hmm. Regardless, the goal is to get them in and get them signed up in some capacity. Our conversation so far, guys, has, has essentially been, how do we get here? Where do we get leads from? How do we turn them into members? But forecast this thing out for us. We started in a crazy time in the industry, and so we'll chalk up the first year or so to the, the hecticness of COVID and whatever else comes with that. But what is the goal with the business moving forward here? Where do we see this whole thing a year from now, two years from now, beyond? Well, uh, it's funny because- Great question. Yeah, it's, no, it is a great question. I mean, I'm I'm kind of one of those, Brian is is very good at what he does, like I said, and he's he is, you know, content with things generally. He's happy with the way things are going and I'm always kind of, one step ahead. What can we do? Where can we go? What can we, I don't sit still oftentimes. And, and, you know, that's a plus and a minus, I guess you could say. Um, I think that the right answer here is not necessarily a lot of people say you're going to have multiple compounds, like the coffee shop, you're, you're, this is, you know, the, the gym, the it's, it's so unique. You got to have more open one down the shore, open one in New York, open it, you know, all that's fun and games and that's lovely and that would be great. But I think we love what we built here so much that I'm not looking at it as like a franchise opportunity or necessarily I want to open this location and that location, because once you do that, it, no matter what, it takes away from the, the, the one original one you have. And, and, you know, we, there's just so much 
more to be done. It's you know. Yeah, and there's room there. We have we feel we have room to grow. I mean, ideally, and yeah, ideally. I find that our industry we pull the trigger too soon on those things. You hear that all the time. Right? more yeah. often, we we divide or we multiply, and then all of them go out of business. Yeah, right, exactly. we want to make sure that we get this buttoned up, succeeding yeah. without a doubt. Before yeah, I mean, exploring that yeah, so, and that's your that's your prerogative, right? right. Entrepreneurship I mean, I think our is, goal... is so cool because you can make the rules yourself. Yeah, sure. and I think we're careful in that we we just don't bring in any trainer to work there. We just don't allow any trainer to come in and train their clients there. We're trying to build, um, you know, personalities that work well together, um, people who are friendly, people that make people feel welcome, and it 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 takes time. It's but just an you know what it is. It's an intimate. In terms of the, the gym side of the business, it's a very intimate, amazing setup. It's just it's just a special place. And once you start expanding and mass producing and, and you know, let's open this more classes and more spaces, it just takes away from what you have. Now, that being said, I mean, ideally, it would be amazing to just expand what we have. And we already have a great space, but like if one of our neighbors decides to leave and then we find out and then we can break through the wall and open <laughs> to have this... Well, that would be that would be great. That would be we ideal. You got to start bullying the neighbors a little bit. That's I think, that's I think the next we have step from with here. my with my with, we, we do with some noise from the we classes. do with with only with my classes. They tend to be a little loud. The music tends to always annoy somebody in the morning. But mo nine out of ten hours a day, the music is nice and everybody's kosher. But I think I think I've annoyed them enough with my music. But if we do God. drive somebody out, it'd be nice to expand to have a little more space for classes and, and, you know, a little versatility with that. But um, I just think we want to keep growing what we have and, and bringing in more customers. And, and if we do get a little more space within what we have, we can offer maybe a couple more classes. We don't want to take away from our personal training clients. So that's why we don't have 10 classes a day. It's really mo mostly for, focused on the per, uh, personal training right. aspect of the gym, but our small group classes are amazing. We just, we don't, we don't crank them out. Yeah, that, that, that would be the one thing we, we would look to uh, expand in the near future is to just get space for, for a classroom. Yeah. We had a classroom. We had a, a, a nice studio space in our, we have three spaces within the compound and the one kind of studio space adjacent to the training floor was a beautiful, just empty studio space, like a yoke with walls, mirrors everywhere. And we've now converted that to the library lounge for the coffee shop. So we lost all, all uh, training abilities in that room, which is fine. So yeah, sure. we, would love to get, we would love to expand. So it was, a, it was a step back in the training to allow one other business to grow. And now we're ready to open up another training. Uh, and now we're ready to yeah. break through walls to expand the gym but you know yeah well plenty of cards left to be played guys we're running a bit shy on time here uh, but i want to at least give you a chance to tell people where they could learn a little bit more about this what's the best website what's the best social media where can people find you yeah definitely i mean the, the compound nj.com um is our website and and it's cool because there's two you know two different focal points of that site so you can click and go into the gym or you can click and go into the coffee shop and expand you know different windows of all the different things that we offer and that we do but really the compound nj um is our instagram handle too the compound coffee co is our other instagram handle but yeah that's i mean we're pretty we, we try and keep up as much as we can on social media that's another thing i will say to to listeners is that you know, you really got to keep up on your social media and, and, you know, in hindsight, we should probably hire someone to do it. I've had many offers, but I'm doing it all right now. So 
to try and save, but you know, then save money. <laughs> save money. But then the irony is that the coffee shop, which is blew up is, you know, we spend, I spend a little more time on the social media on that side that the gym gets a little quieter. So it's hard to find the balance, but social media is definitely a good place to like find us and see what we're up to in our website. Yeah. Having, having original material on there and coming to visit us. There you go. And come in to visit, connect everyone listening, connect with Danielle and Brian and the compound team on those platforms. Guys, this has been awesome. I always appreciate gym owners willingness to, to share the behind the scenes look and talk about how their business functions and what's going well, as well as what's not going so well, because I think both of those things value the industry. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Cause it sounds like we still have some big plans to, to take advantage of. So Guys, that's all the time we have today, but I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much. Yeah. What an we, honor. We appreciate it. Thank you, Absolutely. guys. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Dan from Studio Blue in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on, taking some time out of the busy day today of being a business owner to sit down and have this conversation. Before we kind of dive into the business element of what it is that you guys do over there, um, give us a little bit of background. What led to you going and opening up Studio Blue in the first place? So we, so we're right, it's 2022 right now. We we opened in 2007. Um I moved out to Portland in 2004 and went to school for restaurant management. So my career I thought was going to be in restaurants. I was bartending, serving, and always wanted to open a restaurant. And I randomly, when I was in college, ended up taking a Pilates class. A neighbor of mine was going to take this, you know, Pilates class. And I was like, well, what's that? She's like, I don't know. It works your core. And I was like, cool, let's try it. And I ended up falling in love with it and ended up taking it twice a week while I was in school and then still tried to take classes while I was managing. Um, restaurants but you know managing restaurants you're working like 80 hours a week so that that didn't quite work um so in 2007 or 2006 really i decided to quit my management job and i wanted to teach i got certified to teach mat work while i was 
in the restaurant field. I didn't have an equipment certification yet. And I just quit my job and took uh, just a leap of faith and was like, I want to do something different. I, I liked restaurants because you could create an experience for someone over two hours. And Pilates, I found you could actually change their entire life like you and in fitness in general, right? You can literally change someone's life. Um, so I, I got out of restaurants and ended up just teaching anywhere I could, subbing at like community centers and YMCAs and just anyone that would, would let me teach, I took it. Even if I had to drive like 45 minutes for like $15 an hour, I just wanted the experience. Um, and literally three months after I quit my job and was teaching, I was able to open up Studio Blue. Um, we got really lucky on a lease. Um, no one would give us any money or funding. I had to put it all on credit cards. Um, and it was just at a time where I had really good credit and, and they let us sign this lease, which was our first uh, studio in 07. And, and it's been just a fun ride ever since. Yeah, what a journey there that, that led to you being where you're at. Similarly to you, Instead of restaurant management, I studied hospitality management in college. And, um, you know, my goal was to always work for Disney. And so in any capacity, I didn't care what I was doing, but that's what I wanted to do. And I did it. But then the pandemic happened and I ended up needing to make some career moves and ended up, you know, running a CrossFit gym and all of this crazy stuff that I never expected. And here I am talking to you. So obviously love fitness business a lot. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you do too. So talk to us about Studio Blue. Give us your elevator pitch of who you are, what services you guys provide, paint a picture of that business model so we fully understand as we move forward in the conversation here. So, you know, you came from hospitality. I came from restaurants. So we, Studio Blue, we offer Pilates. Um, when we first opened, we offered massage, um, Pilates mat and Pilates um, machines. And you'll see a lot of studios where it's, you know, it's, it's one room and there's a lot of equipment and there isn't really necessarily a mat room. A lot of times, because if you have a mat room, it's a lot of space, it costs more money. Um, my first introduction to Pilates was through the mat work, right? And there's mat and equipment. So I always wanted that to be part of the business model. Also, mat classes are, are a lot less expensive than private uh, Pilates or group classes. So I always wanted to be able to give back to the community. Um, and to, to be able to give everyone a, a, a way to move. Um, and basically we wanted to create a place where it felt like a safe place where anybody regardless of like age or sex or color could come and, and move and, and regardless of their fitness experience. Before Pilates, I mean, I hiked, I worked in restaurants, that was it. I was never going to the gym. I was like 115 pounds, you know, at five foot eight in, in high school and always wanted to like learn how to lift weights and work out and never really had the confidence. And, and Pilates was like the first thing that gave me the feeling of being confident in my body. And then it's led to, you know, uh, doing, you know, some personal training and other things um, that have made me feel confident. Like I can walk into a gym and, you know, feel good. Um, and then just over the years, we've slowly expanded, like our mat room has grown where we can hold like, you know, 20 plus people. Our reformer room has grown. Our private spaces have grown. Um, and now instead of having just one massage room, we have two massage rooms, two acupuncture rooms and a facial slash waxing room. Um, so we've, we've really, you know, in the last 16 years grown um, with our community. You know, the community, as, as we've gotten busier, we just tried to expand and expand and expand. 
Um, so it's, it's been, it's been really fun. I, I, I couldn't, you know, see myself doing anything else. Um, at this point. yeah. Yeah. So what a journey, you know, and, and I love the, I love the concept of Pilates because from what I've heard from talking to Pilates studios owners, Pilates studio owners, <laughs> is this is something that really anybody can benefit from no matter what your specific health and for health and fitness journey has looked like. Pilates can be something that absolutely anybody can do. So the market is pretty wide open there. Um, So, you know, you guys have the one-on-one classes. You have some group classes. Kind of talk to us about the breakdown of the business. Is it mostly group? Is it mostly one-on-one? And how, like, how has that transformed and evolved? So I'd say like pre, you know, if we're talking like pre and post-COVID, pre-COVID, 60% 60% of our business has always been one-on-one training. Um, 40% has always been group classes. Um, Post-COVID, I'd probably say it's more like 75% is private training and 25% is group training. Um, and then like we have one massage therapist that works you know, under us. And then we have our acupuncturists and our esthetician. They just pay, they just pay rent basically. So we always have a little portion of our rent and revenue coming in that isn't, you know, related to, to, you know, us bringing, you know, clients for group fitness or private training. Um, but still all of that said, you know, 60% or 75% now of the business is private training. Um, and the nice thing with the acupuncturists and, you know, the, the aesthetic, the aesthetic, uh, woman, you know, their clients, it's a way where they're bringing people in for a different service. And then just them coming into the space enough, they're like, oh, Pilates, like, I kind of want to try that. Or they meet us, you know, they've heard about Pilates and they're like, oh, I don't have any ab strength or I'm not flexible. And then they meet us and they're like, oh, this environment's cool. It's chill. It's really welcoming. Um, and we end up getting a, a really nice kind of cross referral network. Um, massage therapists, you know, in terms of, you know, people in pain, we work with probably say like, gosh, 80 to 90% of the people that originally come in for Pilates, we found at least at our space was from some kind of chronic pain, some kind of injury um, or athletic based. You know, we have teenagers that come in because they're in soccer or tennis and they're starting to get imbalances and Pilates can work to help rebalance your body. Um, And then you get a lot of other people that have had chronic back pain, chronic neck pain, and you know, they might go to physical therapy, but then it ends and there's this this window between post-physical therapy and getting back into their normal life, which might be hiking or even just like reaching overhead into a cabinet where they're not necessarily ready for that yet. Um, so we have a lot of uh, referral business from physical therapists, doctors um, all over the city. So we see a lot of that, you know, that, that, that type of client base. Okay, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to hear, you know, the evolution that the business has gone through via the past few years, because I think all of us have had to make different, you know, transformations within our business to kind of keep things afloat. So, you know, being that you do have some group training, you do have some personal training, about 85% of the people that I've talked to on this podcast and even beyond the one of the bigger challenges people are facing right now is the idea of actually getting clients back in the front doors, um, whether they be previous clients or even new clients who have never utilized our services before. So what are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process to get people in the in the door of, of the facility? 
I mean, we have, we have Google AdWords that always run. I mean, during the pandemic, we stopped it, but that, you know, there's Google AdWords campaign, Google AdWords campaigns that are always running. Um, and honestly, Google, I mean, we getting clients to review, we have so many reviews through Google and through Yelp and just anything where you can get clients to five-star you and review you. We come up organically, you know, if you Google anything Pilates Portland, we're up in the top three typically. Um, so most of our traffic is either coming in from Google or some kind of, you know, source like that and guerrilla marketing. I mean, getting out, we comp out any, any doctor, any one of our trainers, if you bring in a doctor or physical therapist, anyone in the medical field, we will comp it out as a marketing expense so you can get them in and, and see us. Like people are so much easier to refer you once they know you, once they've met you, once they've had an experience with you. And again, the machines, Pilates machines, if you've seen them, they look like torture equipment, you know, and, and they can be really therapeutic. You know, they're, they're, they can be torturous, but, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, um, I don't know, like hesitation sometimes around it. So if you can get people in the door, we found just that, you know, giving our, our teachers to license to go out. And if you have someone you want to bring in, cool, like, well, you know, no rent for that, you know, just, just come in and, and get them in. Um, and also just our newsletters, our social media. Um, we did a lot of videos where we were talking people through the processes of like what we were doing with COVID, what we were doing to be safe. Um, put out a ton of newsletters, just keeping people informed. Um, and a lot of them just wanted to follow us on the journey and they wanted to keep us going. Um, and I think post COVID from so many people, and I'm sure you've, other people are saying this being so inactive or just walking or not going to gyms or not doing yoga or Pilates or some kind of movement. We're finding just people want to move again. People are tired of sitting. They're tired of just walking. They want to move their bodies. Um, so I think just a lot of people are calling because, and I hear it. They're like, we're just, we need to move. We're, we're tired of being afraid and, you know, we want to move our bodies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think now more than ever, people are like craving that, um, craving that fitness, whatever that looks like. Um, and, and right now, like for a lot of people, since many people are like working from home, the 20 minutes that they leave, I mean, the, the one hour that they leave them, their house every day is to like go to a Pilates class or go to the gym or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's more than even just the, the fitness stuff. Um, so, you know, you mentioned something there that I'm interested in knowing more about, you know, obviously the Google AdWords and you said we use social media. So talk to me about your social media presence, because in 2022, that's the best way that in the industry right now to grow your business. So I would love to hear what you guys are doing on social media to pull in your you know, new clients. Um, so social. So we have a newsletter that goes out. So usually once a month or just if there's information that we find relative, we're, we're trying not to like put out too much, you know, too many emails just because we get a ton of them. But if something's relevant, like a workshop or a discussion on something, we'll put out a newsletter. And then we mainly use Instagram. We have Facebook as well and Twitter, but Instagram is kind of where we do a lot more because we can post videos or we just end up seeing a little bit more interaction with that. And, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, or whenever Facebook started, we, we saw more interaction with Facebook and it's, it's just kind of slowly changed. Um, we're not on TikTok yet, TikTok yet, and I'm sure that's a thing. We just haven't gone there yet. Um, but posting stories that people can see, you know, posting videos, um, 
posting client success stories. Um, the social media has just been fun to show people, oh, like Susie's been here, like this is her 15th year with us. Like, or Wendy, this is like literally, she's been teaching on our staff for 15 years. So a way just to post fun stuff um, and come on a community building things. Um, also promoting parties, like pre-COVID we used to do two client parties a year. We would do an anniversary party in February and a client appreciation party in the summer. Um, so using social media to kind of promote that type of stuff, which, you know, this summer coming up, we'll finally get to do a party again, which will be fun. Um, and like different charity events, like around Thanksgiving, we usually always donate to a local charity and we, you know, put that out on social media to try to get people to come in and donate um, or just come in for like a free class um, just to feel good. Um, we always do a week free. So we're always kind of every couple of weeks, just, you know, putting a hint out there that we have a week free for the mat room. You know, it's not for reformer classes, unfortunately, but um, just stuff like that. And we, we don't put as much on there about like kind of pushing promoting stuff. A lot of the stuff on our social is more trying to invoke a feeling or give people an idea of, you know, what we're about and maybe more on the education side, like, you know, let's roll out our upper backs because it feels good. And most people are sitting at their jobs and, you know, some hip stretches and, you know, things like that. Um, so like little tools or little, you know, tidbits that they can use. Um, kind of like that nurturing information. I always like to make sure that I'm putting out some, like a lot of times I've seen, you know, gyms that only post promos and you look at their Instagram feed and you can see like, it's just like Canva post, like after Canva post of like a marketing strategy. But I think it's important that we put out, you know, some nurturing content. We put out real stories of our actual members who utilize our services and who have transformed their mental health, their physical health, you know, whatever it might be. Because those are the things that when people are looking for a gym, they want to see that. Yeah. Um, 100%. So, That's where we've, yeah. And it, it makes you feel good too, remembering these stories and like talking to people about it. Oh, Yeah. We want to always like as business owners in this industry, like the the success stories are what drives us every day. So it does feel really good. Um, you know, you mentioned the Google AdWords piece. Have you utilized like uh, Facebook ads at all? Because I know that that's something that's pretty prominent for a lot of gym owners right now. We have in the past. Um, we haven't used it post COVID yet. It's just been more AdWords. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know why we haven't, you know, honestly haven't gone back to that. I mean, we, we also do retreats once or twice a year around the world, like in Italy or Spain or things like that. Oh. So, um, you know, ads, I mean, if we were doing, I, I guess I can tell you why thinking about it, like we haven't done as many workshops post COVID. So workshops or something like that, if we were doing like a core workshop or a hip stability workshop, we would use, you know, more marketing tools. Um, the Google AdWords, we typically, we always have like a five pack intro for privates and the week free. So we're always kind of putting that out on Google AdWords. But I mean, I do remember in the past with the Facebook ads, you can target it towards women or towards men or towards a specific age range. Um, and you can, you know, really target kind of the, the, the range. Um, so yeah, there's no, I, you know, I'm not sure why we're not doing it again yet. But. It's okay. I was just like to ask, um, you know, the thing that I like so much about social media ads, like Facebook, Instagram, I mean, Facebook's the big one right now, but 
Mm-hmm. It's like we can reach those people that are in within our target audience that may not be specifically looking for Pilates. Like, you know, maybe somebody could really benefit from Pilates and they see an ad of like one of your current members' testimonials or something like that. And they can really relate to that person. And they're like, huh, I've never thought to try Pilates. And then they come in the front door of your facility and you literally transform their life. But they didn't know to Google Pilates near me. So just a thought. No, Uh, I I like that because I mean, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, we get so many ads. I mean, how many things have you bought in off just like ads from Instagram where you're like, oh, I need that Um, (laughs) t-shirt. So it's actually, that's a really good point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really good. And and it's kind of interesting because I never would have been the person to think like I wanted to try CrossFit. I have like, I played sports growing up, but I'm not like, I never lifted heavy weights or did anything like that. And I had just had my son, this was like in 2018, had just had my son. And I was like, you know what, I want to do some kind of fitness, but I don't really know what. Google gyms in my area, saw the CrossFit gym. I was like, nah, not going to do that. And then a couple of weeks later, an ad popped up on my Facebook and I saw somebody in the class that like looked like, you know, a normal everyday person. She wasn't like doing muscle ups or anything like that. She was just like a normal looked like a mom. And I was like, okay, I feel like I could do that. And then I clicked on the ad, reached out, and then I was hooked after that. So, you know, stories like that, it's like, okay, well, you know, we can reach anybody and literally change their life. I wouldn't have been in front of you today if it wasn't for that Facebook yeah. ad. That I All saw. right. Well, guess what I'm going to be looking into later today. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, sweet. I want to make sure we have time to talk about a few more things. So, as a business owner, we all kind of have like bottlenecks, bumps in the road, things that we face. And I think for a lot of other gym owners, studio owners that are listening to this, that's where they can really relate is like, Hey, I'm going through that too. What is he going to do to overcome that? So for you, what are some of those bottlenecks challenges that you're experiencing as a business owner? And what are you doing to kind of work on overcoming those? say like and you know i hate keep saying pre-pandemic and post-pandemic but just for the fitness industry it was well a lot of industries it was a big deal um but prior you know prior to covid it was just main you know keeping costs low and we had so many classes going on and so much front desk and trying to keep front desk you know, you know, our, our, our teachers, we've had some of the same staff for 15 years, but front desk, it's always been, you know, a little bit of a revolving door. Maybe we can keep someone for two years at the max while they're in college, but um, keeping and maintaining front desk um, was always, you know, hard. It always ended up working out. Um, and then during the pandemic, we just had to figure out a new way to run things to save money. So, you know, going more like virtual phones after three run rings, the phone will either go to my, my cell phone or my business partners um, and doing a lot more things virtually like virtual desks. So we don't necessarily have to have someone at the studio um, and focusing more on the one-on-ones where, you know, the one-on-one, the teacher's there, you know, if there's a teacher, if there's a private, there's a teacher there. If there's not a private, there's no teacher there. So the teacher lets the client in. Um, I'd say like the biggest transition we, we, we created a video library and created virtual live streaming classes right before Oregon where we're at shut down. Um, so navigating that, you know, and the whole teaching online and getting the right lighting, getting the right microphones. Um, and then as we could start to reopen, 
the, really the challenge was, you know, you're getting virtuals going down a little bit. We have people coming into class and the only way to make it work out in terms of profit was, you know, we were doing these hybrid classes where you have people online, you're talking to them and you have lights on you. And then there's also people on the other side of you where you're teaching in person and, you, you know, you're trying to walk around and correct people in person and you're trying to like be there for the people at home. And, and that was, that was the trickiest part. And then eventually, you know, live streaming went down enough to where we're just doing in person. Um, and we film now just for our video library. Okay. Um, but that was, that was probably the, the trickiest part. You know, we've, we've luckily, um, now that we've been around for so long, we, we just have this natural flow of people coming in that want to do privates. Um, so we focus a lot on, okay, how can we keep these people coming in? Because we're lucky and have a good amount of people coming in. Um, so doing like, you know, in-house teacher workshops or doing stuff where we keep all of our staff engaged and, you know, um, up to date on anything that they're interested in. We also do TRX. We don't do a ton of like personal training, but, you know, uh, a hip stability uh, workshop or a low back workshop or a pregnancy workshop or just something that keeps us educated and excited um, and keeps, you know, the new people that are coming in working with our trainers continuing to, to come, you know, after, you know, they do this five pack intro, how do you get them to stay? Um, and because we have so many people coming in that have had usually some kind of injury or chronic pain, you know, we just really, you know, and we can't diagnose or anything like that, but just in terms of just making sure we know how to keep them as safe as possible and, you know, how can we get them feeling the best as possible? And that's helped us really retain uh, clients, um, you know, because we, we have been, you know, lucky. We're getting probably, I don't know, five to 10 new people a month coming in for private Pilates, you know, and most of our trainers right now are full with a wait list. You know, we, we don't have much available space. Um, the group classes, yes, we could, we could grow those. Mentally, I'm just not there yet. Maybe in 2023, um, we'll want to kind of, you know, go a little bit more into the group side. And, and luckily, we can, you know, um, run the business without just having to have that. Um, so. I mean, it sounds like you focus pretty heavily on the personal training thing for the last little bit. And that's been really, really helpful for you guys. And you have clearly built quite the clientele of all your trainers almost, you know, have a wait list. And so now that you have that perfected, you know, moving into the new year, maybe start to divide a little bit more of your focus over to that side of things in the group training. And then both of your, both elements of your business are thriving. Um, it is difficult to focus on multiple, you know, scaling multiple pieces at once. So I do think it makes sense that you've really worked on developing the PT side, which is where, you know, if we're being looking at it from a business standpoint, that's where the money is because um, we can charge a lot more for that. And then, you know, develop the, the group training. That's just icing on the cake afterwards. It is. And it's, and it's going to come back. And we, we told everyone going into 2022, and this was just from our perspective, that we're not going to change anything in terms of group fitness at, at our location. And we just want to have a year where we know this is the class size. We know this is the classes. Things aren't going to change. It's not, you know... And it, and it just felt really good and really nurturing for all of us to just have a year of stability in terms of like the, the group side of things. Um, but people are craving it and we're seeing more people starting to want to come back to that and, you know, wait lists starting to build into our group classes. 
which we've been waiting for. You know, it's it's um, a lot of our client base. You know, we we have a an older client base, and not, and we have you know younger people too. But I think a lot of the older clients we've had in general just were hesitant in the beginning to come back to group. Um, so we're we're finally starting to see that start to come back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, finally here, the last question I always like to ask on this podcast, because I am such a visionary. So I want to ask, like, if I could hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came through, you reached them all. What would that picture look like for you? Oh, gosh, the, you know, we'd have all of our, you know, all of our massage rooms would be full again, our group classes would be full again. Um, in, in that terms, but you know, it, I, I feel like it's already, I feel like that wand has already been put on me. We survived. We were thriving. Now my staff is happy. I'm happy. Um, people are healthy. People are starting to move again. Um, I get to teach, you know, once or twice a year in different places in the world, Spain, Italy, Mexico, you know, getting to do a little bit more of that. But, but honestly, with, with, in all sincerity, I feel, I feel like I've already had that wand. And the fact that our clients got us through the last couple of years and I, you know, I didn't lose my home, you know, my, all of my staff for the most part is still with me. All of our clients are healthy. You know, we were very lucky that, you know, no one got really sick. I just, I feel like that, I feel like someone already did it. Um, you know, and if we could just continue to grow and continue to help people, awesome, you know, and yeah, get the group classes, you know, back to where it was, but you know, yeah, I, I feel, I feel good. I feel, you know, like we're, yeah, I think that it's totally fine to be like really proud of the progress that you've made and be like happy with where you're at and still, you know, have the desire to continue to make moves in your business. And I think that that's kind of where you're at. Like, heck yeah, you know, you survived this crazy pandemic that closed tons of people in our business. And now, you know, you're here, you're you're thriving, but why not more? Um, And that's just going to happen. Okay, I guess our video library, I would love to see if we could get like, you know, 5,000 subscribers to our video library and have more passive income a thousand percent and be able to get you know more of us out to people where do you market that video library like how do people know about it honestly just through we're we're not even doing google adwords through it right now so it's just our newsletter and our social media so we we haven't had the bandwidth to, to put any more effort into it so that that actually is that is one place i would really love to grow and put more marketing and maybe try facebook ads um and some of the stuff you suggested um, to go more into that. Cause that's, cause that's a way where we could get, you don't have to come in, you don't have to be in Portland, but anyone in the world could access our classes. Um, and that's one thing that, that actually I would like to do more focus on. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I love it. And I want to thank you for sharing, you know, all of this with us today. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's always inspiring to hear what other people have done and, and, strive to do and whatever through the pandemic because it's been really challenging and I think especially out there like in the west coast you guys had a lot of shutdowns and things like that um and so just hearing how you survived that is always very interesting so thank you so much for sharing your story um where can our listeners go to find you guys online what is your social media or your website 
So you can find us at studioblue.pdx.com. Um, and that's our website. And then on social media, on Instagram, it's also Studio Blue PDX. Um, and then if you look up Studio Blue Pilates on Facebook, you'll find us. Perfect. Excited to check it out. Thank you so much for being here today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.